Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. I'm laughing because Jess is... It was so enthusiastic. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't ask you to do that, but... I was you, given some notes. Job. <laughs> Thank you. On my opening. Um, welcome back. As I said, this is a Veronica Mars rewatch slash watch for the first time podcast. You know you it, you love that? it. No. Did you say like I said, and then not say what you... I said, welcome back. <laughs> you said, like I said, this is a Veronica Mars rewatch podcast, but you have not We'll said roll that. back the tapes. <laughs> I'm editing this one, so it'll say whatever I wanted to say. <laughs> true, true, true. So, yes, we're back with Veronica Mars. Episodes 13 and 14. We are getting close to the 20s, which is where these seasons end. Close to the 20s. It feels, it feels like we're getting closer. I don't it's know. Long. Don't... It's well, feeling long. Sure. Very long. <laughs> That's that doesn't sound like a good thing. The way you're saying it, it uh, the very last note I left myself was, okay, so in one month we will be finished with season one. That was my parting thought because I looked it up and I was like, how long until we can stop? Not because it's bad, but I just feel like there's so many episodes. Yeah, we might need to take a break. You might need to that like. I feel like if you were allowed to binge this, you might like it better. Like five episodes at a time, then like two, then three, rather than on a schedule. But who's to say? I don't know. Because I feel like you would you would be like, okay, I just want to get to the Lily Kane stuff. I'll keep watching. And then, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking face. that too, because the way that I'm... That's just my thinking face. Oh. The way that I've been watching Psych is like... Very much the binge model, like three or four a night, probably. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really, I'm not putting all of my mental energy onto every single episode. Like, I'm mostly not multitasking, but if I need to here and there, it's fine. I'm not taking notes. I'm not doing it for the podcast. So it's just, it's more relaxed. Yeah. And I feel like they're kind, they're not similar shows, but they are in that they're like case of the week, but they're also character driven in some ways. Same era. And I don't know that, I don't know that it's, I don't know. We'll revisit at the end of season one. How about? That sounds good. I um, should say that we're talking about, I said episodes 13 and episodes 14. That's Lord of the Bling and Mars versus Mars. Um, like usual, we'll just start with one episode, go into the next. Um, honestly, I watched both of these over a week ago, so I can't really remember how they blend one into the other. I remember the high points. I have vague notes. So Flying by the seat of our pants. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not flying by the seat of my pants. I have notes for both of these episodes and I watched them approximately 20 minutes ago is when I stopped watching both of them. So, so we I'm will feeling be relying, very prepared. Relying on Jess, I'm feeling less than prepared, but I do have quick summary. So Lord of the Bling aired February 8th, 2005. Um, quick summary is... After a wealthy music producer's daughter goes missing, Veronica almost bites off more than she can chew in her attempt to find her old friend, said daughter of the wealthy music producer. Meanwhile, Logan finds it difficult to show proper emotions at his mother's wake and has a proposal for Veronica. This was directed by Steve Gomer and written by John Enbaum. And yeah, that's my that's my little setup for this. Do you want to just go? I'm assuming you have notes going from the top. But if not, I, I'll come up with a different way to approach this episode. 
I always have them linearly. However, I don't always, and by that I mean never, do I include context. So there's just like sometimes out of pocket, very random notes that I don't know where they're from and that's fine. And then sometimes I have actual like plot driven notes, but so uh, I'd say the first one is less plot driven and more just musing. So I was trying to figure out who the music producer was. As soon as he came on the screen, I was like, I know that man, mm-hmm. but I couldn't think of, I couldn't think of his name and I certainly couldn't think of what he was in. So I looked him up, IMDb, and he's in Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination London. Hell yeah, he is. <laughs> so which my response was, that can't be, that can't be why I immediately recognized him. He has to have at least been in something else. Nope. The only thing on his IMDb that I'd seen was Agent Cody Banks 2. So apparently that movie is more ingrained in my subconscious than I thought. Wait, no, that seems, I'm making, that seems crazy. Well, you'd have to look him up, but I don't want to sit here and wait while you do that. So you can do that later. Okay. He's also in Scary Movie 3, but I don't think you've seen that. Scary Movie 3 and Scary Movie 4. And I don't think I'd seen those. Those were the only ones where I was like questioning, like maybe I'd seen them. Yeah. I don't think I'd seen them in anything else. And I honestly wasn't even positive that I watched Agent Cody Banks too. (laughs) I know for sure that I watched the first one, like absolutely. But the second one doesn't seem that familiar to me. And yet his face was so immediately familiar. The way things are when you're a kid, I feel like everything I watched in that age, like the people's faces are really burned in. But again, the second Agent Cody Banks, really? Have you never seen Grownish or Transformers? Like, or he was in You People? No, none of these? I did see You People. Who's he in You People? I saw that last year or this year. So maybe that was well. He no, I mean he's Barber number one. I don't know. Oh, so no. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen Transformers to answer your question. I haven't seen Grownish. Wow, or... Transformers seems like a like a rite of passage from 2007. Oh, I thought you were gonna say a me movie. I was like, let's evaluate, reevaluate. No, 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 that. no, no, no. Oh, he shows I... up in psych. Yeah, but if it's just one episode and I haven't gotten there yet, that would not have fair. And honestly, when I watched him in Psych, I probably would have had the same reaction, which is, who's that man? He looks familiar. I'll look him up on IMDb. And then I would have realized he was an agent Cody Banks too. <laughs> so, um, but now I'll get to be like, hey, it's the guy from Veronica Mars. You've never seen, um, sorry, we don't need to play. You've never seen, but you've never seen Shameless, the TV show? I like know the main people in it, but I've never seen any episodes. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Huh. So anyway. Agent Cody Banks 2. I was also very interested, very amazed. I don't know what the right word is. I wasn't amazed. I was a step down from amazed. I liked the fact that Veronica says about Yolanda, first four minutes of the episode, she says, we used to be friends a long time ago. She says it to, what's the friend's name? Percy. What's the- Oh, sorry. That's his actor name. No, no, no. Percy Daggs I was like, that doesn't feel right. Wallace. Wallace. Yeah. And then it goes right into the theme music. A long time ago, we used to be friends. I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but man, that's we're going to get copyrighted. That was too close. It's perfect. Um, yes, a classic. They said the thing. They didn't say the name of the show, which they say every single freaking episode because it's Veronica Mars. But they said the name of they said the the thing in the theme song and that's almost as good yeah i don't think we can be too impressed when they say the name of the show no but are there I shows also... that that's even a thing i feel like yeah. shows are often like very on the nose in their name that's well, true no. it's more just it's the more first like three that movies. i could think of the first three that i could think of were veronica mars gossip girl and psych and unfortunately those are all just names of like characters or businesses but yeah. i'm sure there are ones where it is fun 
I did really like that. Incredible first four minutes of that. Nice. Actually, I was both worried. of these episodes had a had a strong start. I was worried you were going to find the um, a long time ago we used to be friends cheesy, and I was just waiting for you to be like, "Boo!" But I'm glad you liked what? it. No, I that's. I feel like that is up my alley. Okay. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't okay, hate it. Also, another familiar face. I did recognize this one immediately. Is though. it Monique Coleman? Yes, it is Monique Coleman. Nice. So this was pre. Maybe not filming High School Musical, but pre-High School Musical airing. Oh, According nice. to your air date, you said this was 2005. High School Musical yeah. was 2006. So this was her little cameo before her big break, which then turned out to be not so much of a big break. I don't think she's her really done anything break. except High School Musical. But, but we all know who she is. High School Musical is quite the landmark. Yeah, I'd forgotten that she was in this episode or in Veronica Mars at all. So it's always fun. This These, these two episodes specifically have had a lot of, I mean- wait till we get to next episode and talk about I know I screamed I can wait but I (laughs) multiple times yeah um, I wanted to text it to you but I was like I'll wait I'll wait it was only an hour ago I could hit I could wait an hour I won't scream into the microphone but just just know I was screaming but back to episode 13 yes also Monique Coleman was in it for 10 seconds seconds. yeah like not yeah not even so there was there's a few things going on in this episode and you mentioned the music producer storyline we could talk about that but I it was like fine i'd rather talk about logan's yeah let's talk about it sure and so in i'm kind of merging these two episodes together is Mm -hmm. that fine can i like reference things yeah this is the through the through line that goes through these few episodes so they go through both and i think if you're listening to this you've listened to both episodes or at least this is my long-winded way of alerting people to the imminent spoiler so i we've at least covered our bases so I thought when we saw her mom, her mom, his mom, when we saw Logan's mom's car, I was like, for sure, a fake death. Mm-hmm. It just, it was weird. I was like, if they wanted us to know that she was dead, that's not the way they would have done it. Although showing her killing herself also would have been like, I don't know how they would have done it, but I just feel like I would have been like, okay, she has committed suicide. Whereas this was open-ended. It feels fuzzy so then when they were at the wake i was like okay so she is actually dead or was it when they were at the wake or i don't know i was i and i wrote down i really thought that was going to be a hoax for some reason maybe maybe hoax not the right word Hmm. but i was i was convinced at some point in this episode then that she was dead so i liked when they brought it back because i felt less crazy to the fact that logan thinks she's not dead but then this it was really quite the yo-yo because then we see a clip of his mom seemingly his mom obviously we don't know for sure if it's his mom we see a falling body in the background of like a high school film class project Mm -hmm. and it's at the same time that they think his mom would have jumped jumped. so but now i feel like it there's too many clues Obviously, we're not supposed to think like, okay, maybe she did actually kill herself. And also, if so, you can't show the man that. That's horrible. Like, how did that kid not be like, hey, maybe you shouldn't watch this. Just a warning right now. I was horrified. But then my next thought was there's too many things in the like, we're seeing clues, but not knowing for sure column. Mm. There's a lot of a lot of dashes in that. I I feel like she didn't. I feel like she didn't kill herself. Oh, and then it ends with her credit card being used. So 
I guess I'm not a, a good sleuth here. I think it's probably pretty clear that she didn't kill herself. And I've j- I was just really going along for the ride. I think it's not supposed to be. Yeah, I think you're not supposed to be able to figure it out. So you're right on track. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I was proud of myself for the initial thought that she yeah. didn't. At least I'm not totally gullible. I am no. kind of, but. No, I, yeah, I think you were right on. And there's still more because I think this, the um, next episode does end with them. They don't actually get to pursue the credit card. They just, Veronica tells him that it happened. Yeah, right? that's where it ends. Okay. It's like a very brief last Intrigue. thing in that episode. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it, I think, for the Logan's mom plotline. Did you have thoughts on that to add? Yeah. I kept, even though I've seen this episode before, I kept tensing because whenever Logan and her his dad are in the same scene, I'm like, oh, is he going to do something terrible? Am I going to have to like close my eyes? Is there, um, and this episode was not so bad for that. There was definitely like a weird dynamic going on between them, but it almost seems like Logan is so enraged slash like now his mom isn't there that he has to take care of her and like protect her from his dad that he's emboldened and is sort of like you can't touch me um which i think is an interesting dynamic and then yeah i think that was basically it in the past you have said you didn't love when they focused on like logan for instance but i really like that they're showing like veronica and logan used to be friends a long time ago (laughs) um and i didn't like that (laughs) yeah i knew you wouldn't but I like the fact like he came to her because he knows that she's the only one that could potentially help him other than her dad. And I like seeing their sort of like, okay, they have this like repartee that like could have worked back when they weren't totally on opposite sides of the high school, I don't know, social group, whatever. Uh, And I just like, I like that they're working together in these episodes. I think it's an interesting dynamic. There's a lot of interesting dynamic notes that I have in my brain from this episode. Um, so I liked it for that. I agree that the bling, Lord of the Bling storyline was not super compelling to me. It was it was fine. It was just another case of the week. Um, I liked the end result that it wasn't anyone that the father expected. But that's, again, that's, I feel like, to be expected in Veronica Mars, that it's going to be sort of a twist every time. Yeah, I was a little surprised. And then I was like, oh, I guess that is the pattern. I had a really good segue, and you stole my opportunity by rolling right into your next point. And it was going to be, speaking of Veronica past compared to present, Mm. And then I was going to bring it to the case because when she's friends with Yolanda, we see her like past tense with Yolanda and we see her now finding Yolanda. Anyway, it was going to be a really good segue. So (laughs) I'll edit it together. I I described the segue so that that's what we, that's what the listeners will get instead. So Veronica calls herself fiercely nonconformist. That's how she describes herself. And we see this shot of Veronica and Yolanda in the past And Veronica's friends with Yolanda, but then we see Logan, she sees Logan and Yolanda kissing, and then she's not allowed to be friends with Yolanda anymore because Lily, I think it's less like she's falling prey to the popular kids and more so like loyalty to her friends, friend, friend, Lily, not Logan in this case, but she Mm -hmm. says, I'm fiercely nonconformist and like, look at me falling to pressure, peer pressure. Which I have two issues with. One is what I just said. 
is that it feels more like loyalty to a friend. But two, this is the thing that's bothered me this whole season. We see Veronica now. She is fiercely nonconformist, to use her words. That seems true from all of the present timeline stuff we've seen from episode one to now. But it, it seems untrue in all of the past stuff. And it drives me crazy. Like she seems so different in the past stuff. And also you're not friends with the popular kids in this sort of a high school environment unless you're falling into peer pressure all the time. Like they won't like you if you're fiercely nonconformist. Like they wouldn't have liked her. So for her to be like, this was the one time I did, like I did conform, but I am nonconformist. Like I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. I will tell you how I read that. The commentary of her saying like her, she wasn't, first of all, she didn't say this was the one time I conformed. She was like, my father would be upset at like the not his nonconformist daughter making this choice, which I could be wrong. I think of that as present day Veronica reflecting on her past. And now she is like, oh, I don't need to just follow the crowd. But back then I didn't even think twice about it. I think she's reflecting on the way she was in the past and how today, like she would be disappointed in herself. She is disappointed in herself and her father would be disappointed in her. I think I he- the only reason I'm bringing her dad into it is that I think that's in the voiceover. I'm just going to pretend like you agreed with my comment. I so, didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> I know, I know. So back to the case. I think I'm ready to take it there. Are you? Sure. Yeah, I don't have that much to say about it. Okay, number one. Bone's son calls him Bone. Very weird. Weird on so many, so many accounts. The line... I'm a state science winner two years straight, but I'm soft. And he says it like, how dare he think I'm soft when I was the state science winner two years in a row. Sir, listen to what you've just said. So that cracked me up. Also, he's wearing glasses and he is a nerd. I'm just saying, the last time I was like, these guys are so nerdy. You're like, is it just because they're wearing glasses? I really think this show's leaning into that. I think they're like, this kid's a nerd. Let's put glasses on him. This show loves their stereotypes. I stand by it. Okay. Next. Thank you for agreeing. Next point. Honestly, it's really smart to blackmail your rich father if you hate him. I thought that was kind of genius. Like props to the smart nerd. Yeah. His plan worked out well too. It worked out excellently. Next point. She eloped with the son of the guy that her dad had shot. It just feels, I mean, it's very Romeo and Juliet. So like, I guess the good storyline, but then he says that he didn't shoot him. But I don't know, but we don't know who did. So it still feels like unclear. Truthfully, can't remember if that ever comes back. So who's to say? It's giving like the end of the cult episode. Like it's just, (laughs) it's just a bad ending, but it's a case of the week. So who cares? Is this girl who just got married 17 and her parents aren't mad. They're mad she ran away, but they're not mad she got married. There's like no no reaction. No, she's older than Veronica, Um, but but definitely like 18 or 19. So, so that's maybe not 18. that much older. Yeah. Yeah. She was so a year weird. older. For her parents to have had no reaction. They're like, they're happy that she's alive, I guess, and not like kidnapped, but like probably nothing about eloping in Vegas. Was it in Vegas? I don't know why. It I was in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, it was it in was. Vegas. Yeah. I bet the shock factor was more, yeah, one, that she was alive, two, that she was with the person that she was with, and then maybe tertiary like worry would be like wait hold on you're married but they didn't quite get that far in the scene i feel like sometimes these cases of the week are just 
I don't know. Very medium. Very, very just fine. Which, but that's what I was saying at the very beginning of this episode was, I think if you're just watching a bunch of them in a row, it doesn't even matter. I just feel like because I'm paying so much attention, sometimes I get a case of the week where I'm like, woo, this is interesting. Like the next one. Well, I should say, ooh, I have things to say. Not sure I found it interesting, but I do have things. Whereas some of them are just kind of like, meh, duds. This is kind of a dud for a case of the week, but a good lead in episode to the next episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't personally call this a dud. I would just call it like a wash more, but like I wasn't, I wasn't like, I'm so bored of this. I just sort of like, oh, that wasn't that. That wasn't a crazy case of the week. Um, but we can move on into the next episode if you would like, if you didn't have any other notes for Lord of the Bling, which I should note was, you know, clearly a play on Lord of the Rings. Was it? I didn't get that. <laughs> uh, what else? There's, yeah, no, we can move on. Okay. Episode 14. Do you want to say the name of it? I forgot it already. Mars versus Mars or Mars v. Mars. I was so excited when I saw Adam Scott. I already said that I screamed like four times, but I didn't say it was because of Adam Scott. So now just like li link up in your mind, my two comments. Oh yeah, nice. Do I knew you, you want... knew what I was talking about. But the listeners, yes. I will quickly, before we jump into Adam Scott, which we can, I promise we'll do a summary and like a, when this, this episode aired February 15th, 2005, um, directed by Marco Siega and written by Jed Siegel and Diane Ruggiero Wright. In this episode, Veronica is pitted against her father after her favorite teacher, played by Adam Scott, is accused of sexual harassment by our gossip girl, Fave Blair. Uh, meanwhile, Logan turns to Veronica to help uncover the truth about his mother. This is a continuation of the last episode's storyline that we were already talking about. So, Adam Scott, yes. Excitement. Clearly, I mean, a lot of the same actors from... Um, Veronica Mars from all of the shows that this guy that Rob Thomas puts on are showing up so it was only a matter of time before Adam Scott jumped from cater waiter to he was party down yeah he's in party down no no no, not Adam Scott uh, he when I said he very unclearly I meant Rob Thomas yeah isn't he I don't know all I can think of is I zombie and Adam Scott's not in that so I was yeah not sure what you're talking about didn't realize that. Or I'm sure you've said it and I just forgot. So that makes sense. I did yeah, connect that's... them as having been in Party Down. I just wasn't connecting. Got it. Rob Thomas. With yeah, that's them. why there are so many crossovers um, in the Party Down slash Veronica Mars slash iZombie universe. I suddenly can't think of any more, but I believe you. That bad. Um, remember the the lawyer that you were like, I recognize him, but I can't tell from what. Oh, yeah. He's in all of all three. Anyhow. Okay. We're back to Adam Scott. Do you have other Adam Scott notes or was that it essentially? Well, that was my note about excitement, about Screams. seeing him. I have a lot more notes about his character and it starts with he's doing his little like, okay, green team. And everyone's like pounding on the desk and he's like, okay, red team. That's not what he's saying, but I just, I don't remember what he was saying. And it's a history class, I think. Maybe it's an English class. I don't remember. History, yeah. Some of the students look really excited, which I imagine maybe the director was like, okay, you're having fun in this class. And so the actors were like, yeah, I'm having fun. I'm sorry, but there's no freaking way 
in high school, if a teacher is like, okay, we're going to do this little chant thing and we're going to pout on the desk and we're going to yell this back and forth. We would like, you're too cool at that age to do that. We would have been like, absolutely no, not. Disagree. We acted like we hated it. No chance are we getting into it. Smiling, clapping. No way. I can think of like specific teachers that we got excited. Yeah. Like I hardcore disagree. I think it takes a specific type of teacher. And I think it starts out as ironic, like you're into it ironically. And then, you know, some people just get into it. I think I, I think you think too highly of us as too cool for school. I think we would have gotten into I'm it. I'm not saying we were too cool for school. I'm saying high schoolers think they're too cool for school. If a teacher asks you to be excited about anything, you're not excited. That's just how it works when you're 15. We played like Jeopardy, almost a vi- like a very similar version of this. That's different. That's a competition. You can that get this- into a competition. So was this. Yeah, but we're not you cheering and chanting and pounding on the desks. Okay, well, I mean, I think we might have. We can honestly. I turned my brain off after the chanting part, and I didn't realize that it was a contest. So they were literally I'm, I'm playing gonna, Jeopardy. I'm going to stand by my original point because okay, it's a good well, point. It's wrong. <laughs> However, oh, well, an opinion can't be wrong, Jenny. However, I do like that it was because I immediately thought that, and then my second thought was, well, if your teacher's like really cool, then like maybe, maybe. And I feel like that teed up like the impression that the students have of the teacher played by Adam Scott in a way that was important to the story. Totally. So I will actually give them that. I just was reminiscing on how much it was not cool to be excited about things that teachers asked you to do. So that was that was the memory lane that I was down. Okay. All right. Um, yes, I agree with you that it did set up sort of his character how he was viewed in the school and was important to the unfolding of the episode. Did you like this case of the week better than last week? No. Better than? I thought because... it was compelling, but this story is trash. What do you mean? <laughs> As, I mean, I always have to remind myself that this show came out in 2005, but the like me too, but we're not that we're not going to believe what women like it, there's just so much going on here where I was like I'm gonna tear my hair out this is it's not feeling good in the end I appreciated it for what it did like even though it wouldn't really pass the test these days or oh, more realistically there's... like we, we we're just in a society that like would not have been as accepting of the storyline but in the end it still accomplishes like what it needs to and wraps up well but I was like I cannot believe Veronica is this whole episode was trying to disprove a woman who was saying that she was sexually taken advantage of by an older man, like Veronica. And I was just mad. I was just like, why are you doing this? Just because she's known as a slight gossip. Because she's a gossip. Yeah. And read between the lines, like probably like slutty. Like there was not a good vibe, not a good look for Veronica. These last two episodes have not been great. Like there have been racial comments, especially in the previous episode. And then, yeah, like women comments, that's, you know, phrase that better. Um, That definitely in 2023 are like, yikes, like that just aired on television. That's strange and uh, definitely wouldn't fly as well. So yeah, yeah, agree. Um, 
Also, Veronica, speaking of, well, not speaking of so much things that don't fly on TV in 2023, but more like Veronica being a bad person, she's violating a lot of laws going behind (laughs) Duncan's back. Oh my God, yeah. To find out what his medical diagnosis is. Like, not only is she violating a lot of laws, but also his trust in a way that feels really odd to me because for the most part, other than like, one other thing that I can't remember what it was, but I remember in the pod, in a podcast episode saying that she was in the ethical gray area. Do you remember what that was? I can't remember what that was, but uh, she's in like the ethical times. gray area again. Yeah. Well, I think this is just the second time that I've noticed it. Mm. And that again, it, again, feels weird to me. Like it, oh, she's it's got, odd to me. Yeah. It happens. She has moral blinders on whenever it comes to the, I mean, anything Lily Kane related. Um, I, which is, I I guess I well, can Well, and that's excusable stop. to me, I guess. Well, I don't see which... how this connects. Why is she trying to figure out what his diagnosis is? Because his, I mean, his alibi doesn't line up anymore. He, I mean, with like, with regard to Lily's murder, I think that's pretty much it. I can see how it will out. connect. I just feel like the way they've presented it is she realized he was taking medicine and now she wants to know why like that the way they presented it seems very just like she's being weird and nosy i can see how it might connect but it hasn't been like her saying like oh if his alibi was unclear maybe it's from these medicine this medicine that i found like it's just her being like think of them as showing and not telling until the telling is until that she has like proof i'm just saying if they want to make veronica not seem like a crazy stalker ex-girlfriend that they could have been like connecting the dots a little bit better i think i think veronica is definitely the song not a perfect person i know that's not the name of the song is that the name of the song i literally don't know what song you're talking about perfect person it's not the name of the song but to do those things to you it's also Um, not everyone i would have thought of it's a hoobastank song I think it's called The Reason. The Reason. Yes, it is, is called The, the Reason. I, yep, I just got to there in my head. Does that um, song come up in this show? It was the same era, 2005. It could. I just mostly meant I think Ron is not a perfect person. Honestly, um, a great song. And The Reason is Lily Kane. It is a good song. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It's like, it's okay that Veronica, we don't necessarily always agree with Veronica right now because she is sort of acting like her father is often saying, like you're you're not acting uh, with moral compass totally on, and also just like safety goggles on. Like she puts herself in a lot of risky situations that really she doesn't need to. Um, but yeah, I don't care about that. I just don't. <laughs> well, and I also like like I think it's fine to be a little bit ethically in the gray area when it comes to avenging she's not even avenging her friend's stuff she's trying to figure out what actually happened because she knows that there was a cover-up or at least strongly suspects super scarred yeah and i think that that's a good thing to do the cops aren't on your team then you have to figure it out fine but the way i i really feel like the way they're presenting this whole like she's going to his doctor's office and looking at files that she has no business looking at that she could literally isn't that like a federal crime maybe not hippo man it's definitely a crime and i yeah. think that's that's a legal thing right not just a yeah like guideline sure so it, <laughs> so it feels it feels just dramatic for her to be i don't know was this pre-hippa 2005 who knows Probably it's not. still dramatic and i thought 
it was surprising that it ended up being his epilepsy. So I thought it was like he was on antidepressants. Why did I think that? Because that is some, because he was on antidepressants. They talk about that. So he's on two medicines. Multiple medicines. Okay. So I think it's just presented a little bit weirdly, but I can move on from that. I have more. Okay, go for it. I don't really have anything to say. (laughs) When Veronica goes back to the police station and finds Schmidt, I don't remember his name. Leo, thank you. Mm -hmm. And she says, like, she's trying to sort of apologize for God, like, using him. And she says, I used you, then fell for you. Like, because that order was important. Right. Cringy. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Gross. And then he just, like, accepts that instead of continuing to be mad. He's like, fell for me. Also, again, age. The Mm -hmm. age difference is literally illegal and you're in a police precinct. What's Mm -hmm. going on here? Yep. (laughs) Mind-blowing. No comment. Can't get over that. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Back to Logan's mom for a second. Sure. I forgot earlier to say this, and this is actually in chronological order now that I'm just going down. So Veronica makes up, makes a meeting with Logan and, or Logan's there, but makes a meeting with a lady who published something in like a trash magazine uh-huh. that was like, I saw Logan's mom alive. Yep. If you thought you saw Logan's mom alive, wouldn't you go to the police? Why would you go to the trash magazine? I thought that was odd, but then I guess, was it, what were we supposed to think there that she's obsessed with Logan's parents? Is that the, she was like a weird. Yeah. Fan? She's like a crazy fan. Yeah. And then and everything don't know... she was saying was like not corroboratable. Yeah. And we don't know that she didn't go to the, <laughs> to the Wait, police. That's not a word. Yeah. I guess we don't know that she didn't go to the police and that they didn't just say like, get out of here. You're crazy. You don't have any proof because they probably like, if she did go to the police and she was like, yeah, she got into the van from pursuit of happiness. Like. Wait, I didn't get that. So that was just supposed to prove that she was crazy, like that she was not reciting reality. Probably probably not the best uh, source of true information. Yes. An unreliable witness. Narrator. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a little odd that they said that his mom and dad met on the set of Pursuit of Happiness. Like why use a real movie that we all know they weren't in because they're not real people? Yeah. I don't know. What year was the Pursuit of Happiness? Uh... Oh, good point. Was that a 2006 movie? I actually I don't know. feel like that was. I'm gonna a, look it up. That was a look quick. That might have been later than 2005. 2006. I didn't look that up. Yeah, yeah. I'm normally pretty good with movie years. I just keep forgetting what time this came out in, especially with watching Psych right now. Like I keep, I keep thinking both of them came out at the same time, but Psych came out later. So that's mm-hmm. like messing with my brain. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if the title was out there, but the like stars had not been cast yet or something that seems unlikely but wasn't that just a like a it, was it a book? oh they could have they could have just chosen the a name i think it's just like a it. phrase that gets used i don't think it's too unique yeah. i mean so life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness yeah oh yeah i know it came from somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so yeah true nice. they could have just plucked that out i have a lot of feelings again about the Adam Scott case of the week situation. I already said my like main sort of thoughts and issues with it. I really thought, I really thought they were going to end up going with, he didn't do it. And we were just discrediting this woman, which did not sit right with me at all. As I've mentioned. Good thing. Yeah. 
It makes more sense in the end that there was another person. And I actually like the way they then brought in the idea that this friend is speaking for her because I also was like, how is Leighton? Oh, also we didn't talk about how that's Leighton Meister. That was actually like my first note. And I just forgot. I think I slipped in that it was Blair Waldorf. Well, we said yes. that it was her, but I like yeah. forgot to be like, hello, because in my yeah. notes, I was like, Leighton Meester's here too? A wild Leighton Meester. And Leighton Meester. A crazy first four minutes for me, yeah. realizing that they were both in this. Roller coaster. But, so, okay, so Leighton Meester's standing in the trial, standing up at the trial booth. I don't know any of the right words for these things. And she's defending or not defending, I guess she's the one accusing, but just standing there talking about it calmly, like what he did and, you know, what, what he did was wrong. And I was like, I just don't think this is that accurate. Like, I think that they could have done a more careful job with telling this story. And by that, I mean, like, you know, have the woman maybe like be nervous to speak out. Maybe there's some reluctance to go against him. I was like, I just don't like the way that they're unfolding this. It's feeling wrong and doing a bad job of representing you know, the struggles that women have actually gone through that that are very similar to this. So then the fact that it was a friend who didn't want to come forward, like in the end, they did all the things that I wanted them to do, Mm. but retroactively and too quickly. And I, I don't know. Mm. So I, it still bothers me a little bit. So I really thought that he was like, that he didn't do it. I believed it when I believed him when he said he got fired from his last job for whatever the heck he said he got fired for like telling the kids they were going to be communists or something like that that's not what it was but you know what i mean essentially and yeah so then i was yeah so then i was really frustrated and then for veronica to figure out that it was actually the friend like veronica's smart she had already like started down this path because she asked duncan for an old yearbook or something like it's clear that she's already thinking along these lines mm-hmm. before that so in that case why did it take her being almost the next victim of adam scott like i don't think we needed that part but she was like okay so I, she saw the black sheets or whatever but i don't know it was just heard the music and the music i missed the music it was just like he put on the Leighton Meester's character, Carrie, had said, like, as almost like proof, like, here's what he, like, he has black satin sheets. He puts on this music when he's like in a good oh, mood. Yeah. I stopped thinking at the black sheets and I missed the music. Okay. So that was, was just, enough though. And for her to be like, oh, like I escaped being his next, I don't know. I just, I like the point of this ended up being good, but yeah, I guess it's just a very 2005 execution and yep. I guess I guess I could laugh about it, but it was quite the roller coaster of emotions. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I think it probably doesn't help that it's Adam Scott, and you do wish that he weren't a creepy guy. Like I think that's maybe part of it. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I think it was well done. I remembered how it all played out, but I was like, wow, they really do. Like even though every episode, you know that the answer is going to be a twist they do a good job of like pretending that it's going to be one way until it's not. Um, I'm also notorious for never trying to figure out a twist ever in my life. I'm just, it's just not in me. Yeah. I go wherever it wants me to go. I think it's so boring if you try to figure out the twist. Cause then if you're right, what are you like? Oh, yay. I was right. And then you're bored. <laughs> no. And then you get the the joy of being right. Also, uh, I think if you had been trying to figure out a little bit, you wouldn't have maybe been as, 
annoyed with how it played out. I don't know. You it wasn't your problem that no, in you, this case, sure. Yeah, but I don't think I. I, I knew it was 2005, so I guess I was kind of caught up in the idea like, well, the, they would do this in 2005 versus thinking, what's the twist going to be? Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I I like this episode. I have a couple of fun facts slash trivia. I have um, a last thought before you do that. So go for it. Abel Koontz, she visits him at the end. Mm-hmm. That's something. I don't really know what, though. She says... He's dying. She finds out he's dying from, again, the illegal venture into the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. But why would he go into jail? So the implication is that he went into jail because he's dying or like he was easily bought out because he's dying. Somebody paid him off to go to jail is what I'm assuming happened. And he's OK with that because he's dying or like, wh- like, why? I-, I can't figure out why. Why would you go into jail if you're dying? Wouldn't you want to live your last moments out of jail? And if someone's giving you money to go into jail because you're dying. You can't do anything with that money because you're in jail. So I'm confused. These are great questions. <laughs> I'm not I'm not supposed to know, <laughs> I guess. No, but like, yes, those are those are the right questions. What Just possible call me motivation? Mars. Yeah. What possible motivation could he have? What where what could he be doing with the money? Okay. So quick thing. We already mentioned Adam, Adam Scott and Kristen Bell have worked together already on The Good Place and also in Party Down episodes uh, in 2009 and 2010. We also know that Kristen Bell and Leighton Meester sort of tangentially work together in Gossip Girl. It's funny that that Veronica's character calls Carrie the gossip queen of um, of Neptune High when they are both on Gossip Girl. Anyway, um, I liked that about that. Also, a little bit of fun twist. I think just the writers were having fun with this. All the primary players in the sort of love triangle play out. So Carrie Bishop, Mr. Rooks, who is Adam Scott, and then Susan Knight, the real victim, are all named after chess pieces, which is sort of oh, interesting. Yeah, it's fun. And then um, maybe that's it. Maybe that's all I had. Oh, I should mention, I haven't seen the movie, but I know that the events in this episode do affect the 2014 movie in a specific way. And that's all I can say about that. But people who have seen the movie maybe um, maybe find that tidbit interesting. I guess we'll watch that one day. So then I'll have comments then. Potentially. Also, um, it's not really a fun fact or just the the song that they, the O-Niners used to taunt Carrie Bishop when she says that she was having an affair um, was the police song, Don't Stand So, or what is it? Young Teacher, Don't Stand So Close to Me. The same one that, that Glee used with Mr. Shoe and Rachel. Yeah, I rec- I know the name of the song, but I didn't recognize it while I was hearing it in Veronica Mars. Got it. Well, that's it. Those are the two things we've got. Where are we leaving off? We've got some Lily Kane murder things with regard to Abel Koontz. We know he's taken a bribe, essentially, to go into jail. We know that... Um, why do I keep thinking? I can only think of their actors' names. Teddy Dunn. We know that Duncan, there we go. Duncan is on some more medicines than we thought. 
we know that Veronica is okay, definitely okay being morally gray, um, but is helping out Logan to find a mother who may or may not be dead because we've seen a body jump, but we also know that the credit card has been used. And that's, I think, where we've left off. Sounds right. Sweet. Are you at all interested in the next few episodes? Like, do you feel like we're getting any closer to the Lily Kane stuff in a way that is exciting to you? Because I... No. Well... I'd not. All right, then. Have a wonderful day, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back later with something that Jess is more enthused with. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 